personal care world is constantly changing and it can be hard to keep up with the avalanche of information. Changing regulations, TikTok trends and consumer behavior are influencing how and which products are made. Finding it hard to see the forest through the trees? The podcast Beauty in the Science from Levels Personal Care to the Rescue. We aim to shed light on some of the hottest topics in personal care, bringing you fresh perspectives, merging informative content with a sprinkle of fun. So join us on this adventure where beauty meets brains and clarity meets fun. Welcome to a new episode of Beauty and the Science podcast. I'm your host, Larissa, and today we're going to be talking about green marketing. With me today is Melati Kusama. Melati just finished her master's degree in business development in Hamburg. And for her thesis, she did research on green marketing and the impact of product claims on how sustainable a product is and if it influences buyer behavior. Welcome, Melati. Thank you for being here today. Before we dive into your research, would you mind giving us a quick overview of what green marketing is? Yes, sure. So basically, green marketing refers to any promotion for environmentally friendly products or services. And for companies who wants to start implementing green marketing, I would suggest to start focusing on the dimension of green marketing itself. So there are three dimensions. The first one is strategic green marketing which refers to any top management decision or actions that wants to integrate sustainability values into their long-term environmental strategies. The second dimension is internal green marketing, which refers to any actions to set green culture throughout the organization, to encourage and prepare employees to develop their required skills and abilities for them to execute a successful environmental strategy. For example, This internal green marketing would deal with questions like what kind of training could we offer to our employees? For example, training about circular economy or product life cycle. And the last dimension is tactical green marketing, which refers to any actions to integrate sustainability values into the marketing mix strategies. For example, what kind of claims could we put on our product packaging to explain to consumers that our product is actually sustainable? Because this is the, the complicated part of green marketing. If you already set a good strategic green marketing and also internal green marketing, which means that, for example, you already commit to a long-term environmental strategy and you already commit to continue giving training to your employees about these topics. The next question is, how could you communicate it to the consumers, right? Indeed. Yeah, so... This is the touch points where you can prove to your customers about the sustainability values of your product. Now, we're about to talk about product claims. And what's interesting to note is that there are actually few strict regulations on which claims can be used. We see attempts being made at regulating some of these claims and they're slowly coming, but they are a little bit behind in how fast the personal care market is actually coming up with these claims. For example... Terms like organic or free from are strictly monitored and somewhat regulated. And we're going to talk about, we're going to dive deeper into these product claims that have to do with your research. Could you maybe explain to us why product claims are so important in green marketing? Yes. So when we talk about product claims, we basically refer to any message or details that is related to a product. 
right? And the product claims are one of the informational elements on product packaging. So for example, we know colors or fonts, but these are the visual elements of product packaging. So product claims are the informational elements one uh, that aims to communicate to consumer about the qualities of the product. And product claims are considered an essential product attribute because consumers usually perceive them as informational, helpful, and credible cues that they can consider before they buy a product. Yeah, and why did you decide to focus on these product claims? First, because it's the use of product claims is actually pretty common in many industries, in personal care and also in food and beverage. And second, despite of this trend of using product claims as a green marketing tactic, there are rarely any available studies about this issue. There are few studies, but most of them focus on only one claim, which is natural. But when we look into the reality in the market, a product tends to use more than just one claim. Sure. So for, yeah, for example, like natural or also bio or anti-aging. So they use more claims on their product packaging. And I'm curious about whether this has something to do with the way these product claims could influence the purchasing attitudes of the consumer in personal care industries. Right. So it's kind of how they work together also to influence the consumer then. Yes. This is what I think is interesting to research about. And yeah, to fill this research gap, my research aimed to study the impact of the use of various product claims and how these various product claims could influence the consumer's purchasing attitudes towards sustainable personal care products. Very, very interesting, I think, research here and very courageous to be testing so many things at the same time. So I'm really excited to hear more about this. Could you dive a little bit into how you went about testing this? So I know you worked with the value system of the test groups in combination with different groups of product claims, as you just said. How did you go about choosing these claims? Yes, before we choose which claims that we want to use for this research, we acknowledge that there must be something that influences customer perception before they buy a personal care product. And that is the person's value systems. So the person's value systems can influence their purchasing attitude towards personal care products because these values can guide a person to search for products that align with their values which can ultimately result in different behaviors when it comes to using personal care products, for example. And these value systems consist of three values. The first one is health consciousness, which is a trait that reflects a person's level of concern for their health and well-being. So, for example, people who are highly health conscious tend to be proactive in taking steps to maintain or improve their health, for example, by purchasing products with health claims. And the second value is environmental consciousness, which is associated with pro-environmental behavior and the purchase of environmentally friendly products. So people with high, high environmental consciousness may also lead to prioritize products with environmental conscious claims and to seek out information about these types of products. Makes sense. Yeah. And the last value is appearance consciousness, 
which motivates consumers to purchase personal care products that enhance or alter their appearance. So people with high appearance consciousness would be or would try to seek out products that are marketed with appearance claims and may prioritize products that are free of chemicals. Okay. And what were the claims that you then selected within these groups? Yeah. To select the claims for this research, I also asked several experts to help me in this. So these experts selected some relevant product claims from the personal care industry and also consider each claim, whether they are health claims or environmental claims or appearance claims. And also I asked them to choose the most relevant efficacy claims from the industry. And the result that we got, so for health claims, we chose vegan, non-toxic, nature identical, soothing, sulfate-free, and preservative-free. For the environmental claims, we chose eco-friendly, palm oil-free, bio, biodegradable, green, and cruelty-free. And for the appearance claims, we chose anti-aging, moisturizing, against free radical, brightening, and anti-age spots. That's a lot of claims, but this is the reality in the market. And just for the audience to know that we'll put all of these claims in the show notes as well. So if you want to read them back, head to the show notes and you can see all of this. And how about the efficacy claims? Because they're usually validated by third parties. Yes, for the efficacy claims, we chose gentle, anti-wrinkles, acne-removing, silicone-free, paraben-free, nourishing, and oil control. Yep. And then you had your claims. And how did you go about testing them? Yes, after we selected our claims, we continue by answering the next questions. For example, okay, if we put these claims onto a product, for example, onto a face cream packaging, will the consumer still think that this product is sustainable? So we want to know whether product claims could help explain to the consumers that this product is actually sustainable. Yeah, and that it makes them want to buy it then in the end, of course. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And in order to answer this question, we conducted sustainability perception tests. And the next question, we want to know the effectivity of these claims in influencing the purchasing attitude of consumers. So in order to answer that, we conducted claims effectivity tests. So that's very thorough and a lot to test. And then how did you actually test these claims with the audience? Yeah, as we mentioned that we have two tests, right? So the sustainability perception test and also the claims effectivity test. But we combined these tests and we put it in a online survey. And yeah, from our online survey, we got 166 people in our sample group. And in this online survey, first we asked the participants to explain about their value system. So whether they are actually more environmental conscious or they actually have high appearance conscious. 
So the goal is to know what kind of value system do they have as from each participant. And then all the participants were given a scenario where they were shopping in their usual supermarket and suddenly remember that they need to buy a new face cream. Then they were randomly assigned to either see a face cream package with product claims or without product claims. So for the sustainability perception tests, participants rated how sustainable or effective a product is and all measurements were recorded on a five-point scale. And, and you did that by showing them pictures, I believe, right? Pictures with the different claims on them? Yes. And then we asked them to rate how sustainable this product is or how effective is this product. And they all had the same design, right? So it's only product claims that actually changed, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're trying to control some of the factors and only change the product claims to test these specifically. Yes. That was what we're trying to do. Great. Okay. And then I'm thinking the question that everyone wants to know, of course, is what the results were. From our result, we found that the participants perceive the products with environmental claims or with health claims to be more sustainable than the products with no claims at all. And also we found out that the participants perceive the product with efficacy claims to be more effective than the product with no claims at all. And what about the appearance claims? Yes, that's interesting from our results because we found that participants perceive product with appearance claims to be less sustainable than the product with no claim at all, which is crazy. That's very interesting indeed. What, how, why did this happen in your opinion? How can you explain this interpretation? From this result, we assume that the appearance claims such as brightening, anti-aging and against free radical were perceived by the consumers as personal care products that may require more chemicals to offer the qualities that they claim to be. And thus the product was perceived as not organic and sustainable. And then if we go to the second part, were these claims then enough for the participants to positively impact their buying behavior? No, because we found out that Health claims, environmental claims, and efficacy claims did not influence the purchasing attitude of sustainable personal care products. That's a massive finding. I mean, that's really interesting. That's and surprising to hear. Actually, what could be what could be the reason for this? I think it's because product claims is just one alternative compared to many possible alternatives, such as, for example. Packaging, what, what kind of packaging do you use for your product? Yeah, so packaging plays into it as well. So you're saying that potentially there are more factors that play into it than the product claims, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. So yeah, I assume that product claim itself is not strong enough to influence the consumers. Okay, yeah, reception. so packaging plays into it. And what about the education of people? Because I think the trend is that more and more consumers are educated about sustainability and what's working, what's not working, what's, you know, really natural and not natural. And therefore we have a group of, yeah, highly educated people. Yes, I think people who are highly educated would be much more skeptical when it comes to buy a product. 
And of course, they would be much more skeptical when it comes to trusting a product claim. Because first, everyone knows a product claim is a marketing tool somehow. Correct. And even to say about green marketing, it's green and marketing. <laughs> yes. It's also... It's like two different things combined into one. So it needs to be used carefully. And you mentioned earlier, so you said something about product claims are maybe not enough to convince the consumer. You were talking about packaging. Do you have any other suggestions on what companies can be looking at when they're trying to do green marketing the right way or when they're trying to really bring home the sustainability message of their product? I think I would suggest companies to just try many alternatives and see which alternative is perceived by consumers the best way to understand the product quality. Yeah. So, for example, I was thinking about collaborating with an NGO who, for example, an NGO that focuses on rainforests. Mm -hmm. And Maybe this NGO could do a due diligence about this product because, right. for example, we want to claim that this product is like palm oil free. And maybe consumer would react positively when they hear about the quality of our product from this NGO rather than from ourselves. Yeah. So like a third party endorsement would help it to be more credible. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And and what about just general education? So if we have a really educated audience here, could companies also, yeah, maybe communicate more around what they're doing and maybe the other aspects of their green marketing strategy that you were talking about earlier, the first and second examples of their their company strategy and, and so maybe have just a, a wider more holistic communication rather than just the claims? Do you think that's also something that could help? I think that's also what could help because, for example, to define a product as a sustainable product is a strong statement because sustainability value of a product is very complex. And to explain it only via one word on the claim, like, for example, natural or bio, It requires a lot of trust, I think. And this is really complex. Yes, agreed. So maybe this was working a few years ago, but clearly nowadays, yes. and what your research is showing is that actually it's not enough, maybe not enough anymore, and that companies need to do more to drive home this message in a credible way so that it actually influences the behavior. I think your research really uncovered that part, at least. And I think it sounds like there's more work that needs to be done potentially to really uncover, okay, how, what are the things maybe in combination with different tactics that can actually then influence the behavior? And maybe some companies already have the answer to this. We'd love to hear it. But, but indeed, I think the, the solution is, is more complex than just product claims. I think you definitely demonstrated that to us today. So I wanted to thank you for your really helpful insights on this research that you've done. And looking forward to to seeing how this is going to evolve and how companies are going to deal with this topic that I think is evolving more and more as the consumer gets educated more and more. 
So thank you very much for being here, Malati. It was a great pleasure to have you. Happy to be here. Thank you.